0: So we begin this morning, I'd like to start with a word from Colossians. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to open to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 12. Paul instructs us, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish, as you build one another up with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I want to invite you to stand. As we begin our time of worship, worshiping, praising through song. If at any time as, as we're singing, you need to sit, please, please f- feel free to do so. Let's begin with uh, with a word of prayer. Father God. We come before you this morning, the body of Christ, praising you, bringing you all the glory that you do. Lord, your word says that we are to come before you with with gratitude in our hearts. In order to have gratitude, we have to open our hearts. And so we come, Lord God, praising you, opening our hearts to you and all that you've done for us. Let us think in our own hearts and our own minds this morning what we have to be grateful for. All that you've blessed us with each in our own individual lives. But the overall writing message of the gospel that you came, you came to save us so that we have an opportunity to live forever. (laughs) And that's something to shout about, to sing about, to praise you for, Father God, and we thank you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Instructs us to have an attitude like that of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But Jesus Christ made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made inhuman, in human likeness. God as the saving one as our Lord and Savior Lord we come before you with an offering of praise and worship and Lord God whatever distractions are keeping us from showering you Lord with our praise or for opening our hearts with a heart of gratitude, Lord God. Pray, Lord God, that you would tear those distractions away from us, that we could come before you and simply worship you for the opportunities that you've given us, Lord God, and for how great you are. I
1: come in simply sitting. Longing for purity, to worship you in spirit and truth, holy you. Lord, strip it all away till only you remain. Cause I'm coming back to my first love only you and you're the reason I sing the reason I sing yes my heart will sing how I love you and for grace alone somehow I stay where
0: Seated.
2: Thank you to the worship team. A couple months ago, I was at uh, Mayo Clinic. Laying in a hospital bed, that was fun. And, uh, but I received a gift, actually a couple of gifts. And, and they were wonderful gifts, I, I didn't expect them, and, um, but they were unique, and they were unique for an important reason. Those gifts had a name to them. One of those gifts' name was Jordan. Jordan had driven a total of nine hours to spend an hour and a half with me. What a gift. The gift of friendship. God has given you, or at least made possible for you and I to experience a wonderful gift called friendship. But it wasn't just Jordan as a gift. God brought Tim and Anna. Other gifts, driven quite a way. God has given me great gifts and friends. Poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge once described friendship as a sheltering tree. What a great description that is. It's a beautiful description. I mean, who does that? Who travels all those hours just for a short time? I mean, who is it the one who at 3 o'clock in the morning will receive your call without blinking? Who does that? A friend, a close friend. You might be surprised and say, Well, why, is, why are we talking about this? Well, you might be surprised to know the words friends and friendly and friendship are used over a hundred times in God's Word. That would tell me, I don't know, it's kind of important, that maybe God wants us to appreciate this gift more called friends. And I read over these verses about friendship in the Bible and about friends, and I find several truths about friends and the characteristics of close, intimate friendships. The truth of the Bible really does echo what Coleridge said, that friendship is the sheltering tree. And no one could ignore the fact that Jesus had friends. He specifically, from what the Gospels reveal, had three closer friends, many spent more time with. Friendship, it's a great gift. I came across an entry into a man's journal. The man was unique. He had experienced probably unparalleled fame. He had great success. He had status. He had influence. He had immeasurable wealth. He experienced many of the pleasures of the world. And yet he lived a lonely life. As his journey revealed over and over His journal reflects the regrets of this man, but also the lessons that his experiences taught him. The man, Solomon. The journal, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. Maybe you didn't know what the man's journal was in there, but it is. You have in the back of your bulletin the verses I want to read. In answering his own question, that uh, Solomon had asked, why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? He answers it by saying in verses 9-12 through 12 of chapter 4, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either, either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone... Two can resist him, because a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Solomon in the sea of people, he had servants, and when you have money, you have quote-unquote friends all of a sudden, (laughs) because they want it. And in the sea of all these people, Solomon had no special friend. He didn't have a close friend. And it's all through his journal we see this. So take it from one who knows two are better than one. I wonder this morning if you know that. Do you have close, intimate friends? And this, If you're a guy out here, there's a part of you saying, well, my wife does, and, and that's good for her. And maybe f- close friends are just for women. Wrong. Several surveys out there surveyed men, Christian men, or men who regularly attend church, and they said, hey, what's your number one need? And far outweighing all other answers was friendship. As a matter of fact, statistics tell us that men over the age of 35, on average, have no close friends. That's a tragedy. No wonder we have so many men falling apart. But we all need close friends. Some truths about friendship... Friends are not optional, they're essential. Hear Solomon's words, woe to the one who falls and has no one to help him up. Woe is a strong word, and basically you could sum it up in Matt's standard translation is saying the one who has no friends is in deep trouble. He's in for a long life. There's no substitute for a friend. There's no substitute for someone to care and listen to, feel and comfort. Yes, occasionally reprove true friends do that best, and friendships are a gift from God, are one of life 's greatest treasures and if you think about it, even in marriage, it's friendship that holds it together, not the romance friendship it 's a great gift of God. Linda Grayson once said there's nothing better than a friend unless it 's a friend with chocolate. <laughs> I love it yeah that's, that's pretty true isn't it um, Why is this so important, though? I think God knew the life lived with the walls up. A life lived alone like Solomon results in great fear. In Solomon's case, great loneliness and self-deception. You see, a closed-off life is a lonely life. It's a desperate life. Friends are essential. They're not optional. But friends are not automatic. They need to be cultivated. Too many sit back and wonder why they have no close friends. And I always say to them, you want a friend, be a friend. You need to cultivate friendship. They need to be cultivated. If you want close friends, be a friend. But it takes effort. Let's be honest, there's risk. There's risks in being vulnerable. It it's really is a step of faith to tell somebody you're getting to know better and better, and you feel like we have a kindred spirit, there's a risk taking that step and saying, I want you to know what below the surface, here's what I'm really thinking. I get it. I know there's a risk. I take that risk. But it's a risk worth taking. I uh, have a good friend, Eric, from Wisconsin, and um, we actually just FaceTimed this past week, but We try to connect regularly and actually do. Um, But Eric and I used to meet at Linda's Bakery every Friday morning. And we worked and cultivated a friendship which grew deeper and deeper, but it didn't happen overnight. It took time together. And um, notice the bakery part. Usually my friendships center around donuts somehow. And uh, this was no different. And uh, so we loved the bakery, and it it was a special time that we built cultivated a friendship. Friends are not automatic. They must be cultivated. It takes time. And it might take frustration. I guarantee you one thing. It takes forgiveness at times. We'll hurt each other. We'll say things we wish we didn't. We will maybe, it seemed like in their eyes, blow them off. Not on purpose, just in life. And and that takes sometimes hard conversations and extending forgiveness and those type things which aren't easy, but That's how friendship is deepened. It's how it's cultivated. It's not automatic. Friends are not neutral. They do impact our lives. You see, if your friends lead good lives, if they encourage you to be a better person, you will more than likely lead a good life and become a better person because friends have impact for good or for bad. If your friends lead careless lives, if they gossip and they don't watch their words, they can lead you down the same paths. Or even worse. Listen to this verse, and I would it's for everybody, but I especially if you're a teenager here, I really want you to zoom in on what God says here. Because right now is when friends are so important in your life. We get that as adults, and, and we're not hurt because <laughs> you, you spend more time with friends. We get that, but please hear this warning. Be not deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. Choose your friends wisely. And I'm specifically talking right now about close friends. Gossipers usually gravitate to others who gossip. Rebels with rebels. Choose wise friends. Choose friends who love God. They will help you. They won't hurt you. These friends will have an impact in your life for the good. Good. Choose godly friends for close friends. Friends who are on the same journey with you, growing in their relationship with God. Friends are not neutral. They impact our lives. I have two friends, John and Becky, and they've been my friends for years, a lot of years. and We've maintained that friendship and cultivated our friendship. And you know those good, close friendships. It's like you might not have seen each other for three months and all of a sudden you're together. It's like you were, haven't missed a beat. You've already built that vulnerability and that trust. And, and they've had an important impact on my life. They help me become a better person. They speak into my life. Blessing. They speak encouragement. And I pray you have friends like that. If not, I pray you begin to cultivate friends like that. But let's be honest, right now, friendships come in varying degrees. Some play more significant roles in our lives. We have acquaintances, we have casual friends, and what I'm talking about this morning is close, intimate friends. You know acquaintances with whom you have erratic contact. It's surface talk, hi, how are you? You care about them, it's just your conversations and your time is very erratic. You have casual friends, you have more contact. might have common interests with them. Maybe more specific conversations. You might go on vacation with them. You might play sports with them. But they're still a pretty safe distance. Far too many, I fear, stop here. Thinking I have casual friends, that's probably good enough. No, it's not. You need a sheltering tree. And a sheltering tree is a close, intimate friendship. Friendship. You have a lot of acquaintances. The the field narrows to a few more casual friends, but let's be honest, the field really closes in when it gets to close, intimate friends. There aren't quite as many, but boy, are they significant. You have regular contact with them. There's a deep commitment to one another. It's where you're open and vulnerable. You're able to speak truth, even if it hurts. All levels are important, but this one the most so. I wonder right now if you can claim the name of a close friend in your mind right now if a face emerges of a three o'clock in the morning friend do you have one there's a story in the Bible about a close intimate friendship it's a God honoring snapshot God gives us of what a close friendship is all about you find it in first Samuel 18 through chapter 23 and by way of backdrop Quickly, we read about a man named David. David was a young boy and David was, had watched this, uh, the army of Israel being confronted by these giants from Gath, specifically one called Goliath. And they'd come out and taunt the armies of Israel and, and say, Where's your God? Come on. He's, you, don't, you don't worship a God? I mean, you can't even come out and battle me. And David said, That's enough. This young boy, the armor didn't even fit him, and he said he doesn't know. And so he meets this giant, puts a smack down on him, takes him out. And so David becomes very popular as God's anointed. People of Israel recognize God's hands on David. At that point, there's another king who's serving at that point. His name's Saul. He sees how God is blessing David. He sees uh, the, the response of the people to David. he becomes jealous. And he's determined to be David's enemy. But the Bible tells us a man comes into David's life who becomes a very, very close friend. 1 Samuel 18 says, Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul, which he was the king at this time, that the, Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Verse 3, Then Jonathan, Jonathan made a covenant with David, because he loved him, as himself. Verse 4, Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, gave it to David with his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. That's rich. You see, there's something about a close friend that causes our hearts to be knit together. I love that phrase. A kindred spirit. You see, intimate close friendships have four characteristics I find that are all found in this story. First of all, an intimate friend is willing to sacrifice. You don't have to beg for a favor. Oftentimes, the favor is done before you even ask. Jonathan wanted to give David something meaningful. So you see him give his sword and his bow and his belt, which back in that day was very meaningful. You see, you can hardly impose on a friend. They don't keep score. Unselfishness prevails in those relationships. It seems to me everyone's looking for relationships that take no time and cost nothing. That's not close friendship. If there's no investment of time and it doesn't cost you anything, I'm sure you have no close friends. But what a gift when we invest in friendships. Now I specifically didn't mention something. If you're not familiar with this story, that, that, that friend that God brought into David's life, Jonathan, what's unique about Jonathan is the very man who is after David, who is determined to make David his enemy. That very man, King Saul, Jonathan is his son. And still, they develop a very intimate, close friendship. Proverbs 18.4 says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17.17, a friend loves... At all times, not sometimes, not only when times are good, at all times. You see, that's what close friends do. And We read in chapter 19 where Jonathan stood up to his dad. He said, Dad, you're wrong about David. And he defended his friend. Jonathan being Saul's son might have been the heir apparent. But Jonathan didn't care. What he cared about was his close friend. And he still stands up for David. You see, friends do that. They stand up for you when others might say negative things or refuse to gossip or when you fall and make a dumb, boneheaded mistake. They still come alongside help you up and said you're still worth of great value. I love you and I appreciate you. That's what close friends do. They're loyal defense before other people. Great America, I went several years ago, and, and they had this ride, and I think they probably still have it, called the Giant Drop. Maybe you're familiar with something like it. Other amusement parks might have it. One well, of the ways you take this little seat up, this huge tower, and, and the seat keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and you're looking way up there going, no way. There is no way I'm going up this thing. So, but what was great about it was sit, standing at the bottom when people got off the ride. That was worth the price of admission alone. You see, what I saw was the greeting of the goofy, I call it, because they would get off, and when I'm watching this, there's guys like they're having heart attacks. And they're screaming, oh my goodness, what was that? And, and, and their friends are high five and hugging them and saying, good, you made it, you know, that type of thing. And, and so all those friends, it was really fun to watch. And uh, the time came where we looked at others in our group, you going up? Nope, 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 nope. And I'm like, I don't want to go up that. But I had a friend, Chad. Who said, let's do it. Let's go up. So we went up and up <laughs> and up. I'm like, man, you can stop halfway any now. But I went on it. And I was grateful I had friends on the bottom, but I'll tell you who I was most grateful for, Chad, right next to me. You see, I had a friend who went down it with me. He went through it with me. You see, that's what friends do. Close friends are Loyal. Even when it might seem fearful, they're right there. And intimate friends give each other complete freedom to be themselves. And when you have a friend this close, when you have a friend knitted to your soul, like David and Jonathan, you don't really have to explain a lot. They give you freedom to think through life and to process things. I know my friends have. I've thought out loud with them and tried to figure out some things I needed to do or Decisions they needed to make. They understood. Even the stuff that didn't sound so good. You see, when your heart is broken, you can bleed all over your friend and he'll listen. She'll listen. I wonder if you have an intimate friend. I wonder if you have one and when you feel like weeping, they'll let you weep. If you need need a friend to think out loud and listen, they're there. They won't blow you off. I know it takes risk again. I know it takes risk to open your heart and open your life, open your home. But don't risk leaving the walls up. Knock them down. Begin to build and cultivate close friendships. Over the years, um, Cindy and I had worked with teenagers for quite a while and there's times that we would go away for conference or on vacation and and, and we would do something. Uh, we'd hand over our keys to our house and to our car to teenagers. Yeah, I know. Some of you are going, man, you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And, uh, but we did. We gave them complete access to our home and to our life. They could unlock our house. They could unlock our cars. They could utilize them. They could utilize that part of our lives. And why would we do that? Why would we give keys to teenagers? Because we trusted them. That's why. The thought is really what friendship is about. Friendship, close friendship, is about giving someone keys to unlock your life. It's the depth beyond the activity. And they're keys you don't take away. They say they're yours. They're yours. You see, that's what close friends do. And an intimate friend is a constant source of encouragement. Saul, this king, had sent a hitman after David. It's true. You read it. 1 Samuel. Go take him out. So David's wandering. Looking behind and wondering where this guy's going to come from. Where's this sniper going to show up next? In First Samuel twenty-three, Jonathan comes to him. This is such a rich verse that God allowed in His Word for you and I. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horish. And you know what he did? He encouraged him in God. Isn't that great? You see, that's what close friends do. They're a great source of encouragement. One man said, encouragement is awesome. It has the potential to change another person's day, week, or even life. And when we encourage, we reaffirm the truth to our friends. I believe in you. God believes in you. That's what close friends do. David and Jonathan had a beautiful relationship. It transcended circumstances in which both men found themselves. It was a wholesome, God-honoring, close, rich friendship which, let me reiterate again, is a gift of God. So are your close friends. Several years ago when I lived in Boscobel, Wisconsin, it was a difficult time in my life. I was trying to discern God's leading in my life. I was a fairly new Christian. It was one of my lowest points in my Christian life. I felt kind of alone. I didn't have those who had originally discipled me around. And on the heels of these circumstances... I'm working downstairs in the duplex with my dad, and all of a sudden I hear this voice, but it wasn't anyone's voice. It was the voice of my friend Tom Segrist. Tom had lived three miles north at this point, was coming through, somehow found me. And I'm downstairs and he yells in the door, hey, Matthew! And I recognize his voice. And after an hour and a half, two hours, my circumstances hadn't changed. I still was uncertain of what to do, but in a way everything had changed. Because when Tom showed up, I didn't feel like such a failure. When Tom showed up, I had great encouragement. My life's been greatly altered by my close friends like Tom. My life is richer because of my friendships. I want to invite you this morning to cultivate friendship, close friendships. Who are they? In your mind right now, put the names and the faces of the people. You would say, these are my 3 a.m. friends. These are my close friends. Get them there. Right now, it might be one, it might be four. But picture them. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell them how much you appreciate them. Don't assume. Tell them through words. Maybe they're even here today. Tell them through writing. Encourage them in the Lord. Show your appreciation. They are a gift from God to you. Plan to get together soon if you haven't seen them in a while. Maybe you go shopping. We have some professional shoppers. I won't mention Crystal and Jolene. But they're, they're, there's some friends. Maybe you want to go shopping with them. The Super Bowl's coming. Maybe you invite them over. and Say, let's watch, let's watch the commercials. I mean the game. Get together. Invite them. Do something. Begin to cultivate. And you might be here saying, you don't understand, I don't have any close friends. Even more so, pick up the phone. Someone you sense you have something in common with. Maybe the same season of life or something. Begin to cultivate. You take a step. Want a friend? Be a friend. Take that step. Show your appreciation. And I would add this, and this isn't, I don't say it lightly and I don't say it flippantly, Pray for your friends, your close friends. Be that support behind them. Thank God for their impact on your life. Pray for where they're at in their life. They belong on your prayer list for sure. You see, your friends are sheltering trees. Enjoy, maintain, and cultivate your friendships. Or, in the case, some of you begin to cultivate a new one. I specifically want to close and tell you about my best friend. My sophomore year of college, the greatest wall in my life came down. The wall became God and me. And that wall was erected not by God, but by me because of my sin. But through the person of Jesus Christ, and by trusting in His death and resurrection, I came into a relationship with God, and I now had the best friend who will never leave me nor forsake me, you see, this friend redeem me. This is the friend we've been singing about. This morning, if you don't know God in relationship, if you don't know God as your friend, you can do that. The Bible says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. You can receive Christ as your savior and friend. By confessing your sin, confessing your need for a savior, and trusting in what Christ has done for you. You can enter into a life-changing relationship with the best friend you'll ever have. I invite you to do that. I want to pray this morning with you. Would you bow? Our Father, we've considered this morning an incredible gift. A friendship. God, I'd first of all pray for those times we fail to thank you for this gift. And Lord, it's it's so often, as we talked about last week, in the, the time crunch that we set aside this precious gift that we shouldn't. And yet, God, it's one of the great gifts from your hand. I want to pray for each person in here. First and foremost, that they've received the greatest gift, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that's happened. And if not, I pray this morning, in this place, in this time, they would turn to you. And God, in all of our lives, I pray that we continue to cultivate friends, friendships that help us love you more. Friendships that encourage us in God. Friendships that love us too much to let us go dangerous paths. Help us to appreciate them more. Help us to cultivate them. Maintain them. And Lord, even to take a step or two this day to tell them how much we appreciate them. Maybe to begin to renew one. Lord, maybe there's a fractured friendship here misunderstanding, sin. Something, Lord, that's created distance. I ask that you would bring forgiveness, healing. And through that, Lord, I know you use those difficult things to bring greater depth. I pray you would do that. And so we thank you, God, for your heart of love. Your heart of grace. Seen in the friends you've given us. In Jesus' name, I thank you, and in Jesus' name I pray.
3: continue in our in our worship service i want to encourage you to look at the back of your bulletins at this, t- this time <laughs> lift up the needs of the body and prayer requests one of our one of our core values at, at elam is the centrality of worship so as we gather here today we just want to be reminded that it's in this as we come together as we are a unified voice in, in worship Reminded that the centrality of worship is that our lives are to be an act of worship daily. Therefore, we worship Him by worship God by serving Him and by offering praises and adoration. And days like this, are as we come together in a in a corporate time of worship? Um, this is this is one of the greatest things to bring glory to God: the unity of believers. And so as we go before him and, and lift up our requests today, um, just allow me to lead you. God, we thank you. We thank you for this, this time that, that we gather. This time, Lord, that we come together as a body of believers, Lord, and just lift our praises up to you. God, that we are reminded of our message today as as Pastor Matt brought it to us, Lord. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Lord, our relationship with you, our relationship with friends, Lord, that lift us up and support us. Those in the body, Lord, that come together and just encourage one another. How grateful we are, Lord. We are one voice together with you, praising you. So we thank you for that. And God, we, we take this time, too, to lift up those in within our membership and our, our body of believers that are lonely, those, Lord, who are not able to be with us today. Lord, we just ask that you would touch their lives. Oh, God, that you might bring them the comfort of your presence, just like you've done with us today here. God, we pray for healing for those that are hurting and those that are sick those, Lord, that need the touch of your hand on their lives, on their body, some, Lord, maybe on their minds. Oh, God, would you just do that today for them? God, we think of our men and women who serve this country overseas and protecting us in the military. We ask your blessing on them today. We ask, Lord, for them, too, that you would provide those friendships for them, Godly friendships that would encourage them. And God, we are so fortunate to be able to support prayerfully and financially many uh, missionaries around the world, those in frontline work for you. And we especially think of Nate Nolly today, and we just pray a blessing upon their family. Thank you for the lives that they are touching. We lift them up to you today and we just ask Lord that you would continue to provide many opportunities for them especially with the political leaders in these countries Lord that they meet they might be, make an impact Lord an everlasting impact for you oh God we're grateful and Lord as, as our ushers come forward today as we consider Lord All the ways that you've blessed us just in this past week. God, might we meditate on them for just a few moments? God, it's our desire as we think about all these blessings that Lord you would see our hearts as cheerful as willing to give back to you just a fraction, God, of what you've blessed us with. And then would you take these gifts, Lord, and would you just multiply them around the world, around our communities? God, that many, many might come to know you, this precious Savior, Jesus, in whose name we pray today. Amen.
1: Every green of sand kings and nations tremble at his voice.
0: to stand. encouraging to see how you guys worship Him.
2: Praise God. Praise God. Thank you again for coming out. I do want to invite you uh, to follow us down to the pool in a few minutes. And uh, we'll be baptizing Dave and Vicky. And so thank you again for coming. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. Might He be gracious to you. And cover you with His peace and His joy this day and forever. The family of God said, Amen. Have a great week, everybody.